and soul podcast. I'm grateful you are tuning in today. I'm Shauna Hall, a self-love and mindset coach teaching you how to align your life through mindset shifts, spirituality, and manifestation. Each week, I'll be giving you tips designed to help you create a passionate, purposeful, high vibe reality that you love. If you're ready to align your glow, you're in the right place. Let's get to it. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 125 of the Align Your Glow and Soul podcast. I am so happy you are here. I've got a great guest on today, Paola Rouser, who is a spiritual and life coach. She is the host of the Journey of a Fearless Female Coach podcast. And I believe by the time this podcast comes out, she will be certified in body code, which is the second time how we met. I met her originally through a um, financial course she offered the beginning of 2023, I believe. It was super informative, a great refresher. And then she was offering some free sessions and body code so she can get her hours and get her certification. And so I took her up on that offer. And let me tell you, body code is, it's just crazy. It's really transformative in a way that you can't even expect. We don't talk a lot about it on the podcast itself. So I do want to give you some details about it because it's like if you took Reiki and NLP and time techniques and you put them all into one package, you would get body code. And what it is, is she's doing some body energetic work through the subconscious mind. And she's going in in a way where it's transforming sometimes even generations. Sometimes it's through your mom and her timeline. Uh, Sometimes it's through your own timeline, but it's going through different energies, different symptoms, and helping you at a subconscious level identify what is going on. And I'm telling you, it's really cool. When we originally did our sessions, I was recently pregnant and still pregnant, but just recently in the first, you know, five weeks. And my biggest fear at that time was miscarrying again. And I did express that. And on our second session, within a week, those fears were gone for the first time in five weeks, which was phenomenal because it was really, really um, hard to not think about miscarrying and not think about the possibilities of what. And so that's just one example, but there was other examples. We were able to identify some limiting beliefs that were attached and not letting go from a prior relationship from 10 plus years ago and just other things that you don't even realize these emotions you're still hanging on to. So I highly recommend her for this service and in the show notes, I will put all the ways that you can connect with her, but this particular service I think is so, so cool. But anyways, we get into her story and her journey, which I think is really important because her mission is to create a movement of women who would learn from one another, empower each other, and feel inspired by sharing stories. And I think that's important. And that is really what we talk about is her story, her journey, and how she got to where she is today. And she talks about just the trauma that she endured, how she was able to finally let go and move through that to to become a 
you know, to find her partner, to create a life that she loves, to find her own power. And that's really what this podcast is about, is helping you find your power. And so I find this conversation with her just very eye-opening and I'm sure everybody can pull a little nugget from her story and be able to relate. And I hope at the end that you take something away from her journey that you can apply and hopefully create more empowerment in your own life. As always, I hope you love this episode and enjoy. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Align Your Glow and Soul podcast. I am very excited for the guest I have on today. We are going to be diving into all things spiritual manifestation, and we're going to talk about body code. And you're going to be, I think, really surprised on this beautiful modality and what it can do for you and how my guests can serve you in this manner. So I will just bring her on. Welcome, Pela, and welcome to the Align Your Glow and Soul podcast. Ah, Thank you for having me, Shauna. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited that we're going to talk all things spiritual and woo-woo. <laughs> yes, uh, my favorites. Um, <laughs> so before we get into that, that's just going to take the whole time. Um, I would love to know how do you align your glow and soul? How do I align my glow and soul? I think I just come back to center, come back to my breath, come back to where where I belong to whom I belong, which is source, the divine spirit, love. And I remember that this is all like this huge paradigm that were basically like just grains of a piece of sand in this vast universe and that half of the stuff that we're dealing with and that we're worried about and that we're just like contemplating means nothing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. It's just kind of like, and one of my biggest things that I love to do too, and it just brings me back to that reminder that I'm just a grain of sand in this landscape of the earth is I love going to the beach. Because when I go to the beach and I stand in the front of this grand ocean that no one has even been able to discover all the areas of the ocean, it just shows how minuscule I am and how beautiful and big and vast the universe is. And it reminds me that whatever it is that I am like struggling with or, you know, sometimes life can be hard. But when you stand in front of the ocean, your your problems and everything that is weighing you down is nothing compared to the depths of the ocean and the sea creatures and all the things that belong in this beautiful universe. So it brings me back to like center and to home. Like you are so much bigger than this this problem that you're dealing with. Ooh, that's good. I think that's really good grounding. And I also love the beach, but don't live near the beach anymore, which is so yeah. sad. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is a beautiful grounding thing too. I'm I have to take off my shoes. I have to put my feet on the sand. I have to touch the ocean. I'm also an Aquarius, so that's probably why I love being around water. Oh, that is funny. So, you know, we've met before and I'm a Pisces and all my good friends are in Aquarius. So wow. <laughs> That's probably why we were like, oh my God, we're going to be BFFs. Yep, that's it. (laughs) Do you know your human design? Yes, I am a generator manifester. I was going to say generator something. So, yep. Because you have a lot of, like, you do a lot of different things. You know, you've done like your finance, life coach, and your body code. And so I guess I have to have generator in you, which I'm a generator. So, yeah. Love that. I can't be in one little box. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> I agree. I'm, I, I, I I don't think anyone should put themselves in a box. Like mm-hmm. I have these conversations with people all the time where they're like, especially in businesses, they're always like, I want to niche down. I want to niche down. And it's like, but we're such beautiful, vast human beings that you're eliminate. It's like, oh, I'm only going to show my right arm <laughs> to the world. Right. It's like, we're, we're so like talented and there's so much vastness to who we are as human beings. Like why niche down? Like if you have many talents, explore all your talents. Like why do you have to niche down and just show people one side of you? And that was hard for me in the beginning of my journey of becoming a coach. Cause I, my husband was like, you know how to get, teach people how to get out of debt. You got yourself out of debt. You should teach people how to get out of debt. And I did start as a debt coach and teaching people how to get out of debt and pay off their debt and raise their credit score. But I soon realized that it's, there's a deeper root to the cause of why you got into debt in the first place. Ooh, yes. That's funny because that's how I found you was this, you had this really cool, just super basic. And I loved it because it's just a good reminder on how you should organize your finances and your budget. And, you know, you had this great Excel spreadsheet. And I was like, okay, this is good. These are like good reminders, but you're right. (laughs) It's not about that. It's about grounding into your self-worthiness and your truth. And yeah, I wondered, I was like, "Mm, you've got more offer than just this. (laughs) Yes, I do. And I'm telling you, like I started as a debt coach because I actually paid off my debt. I twice, I got myself into debt two times. (laughs) Uh, First time I, you know, was right out of college. You know, I signed up for student loans. I charged up my credit cards while I was in college. Like I had, I was sold the idea in my mind that, you know, I come from, first of all, let me back up for those of you who are listening and not watching. Well, she doesn't mm-hmm. do a video, but I'm Mexican and I'm first generation Mexican. And so I was sold on the idea that if I went to college and got a degree that I would have a job right after college. And I honestly believed in my mind and my, you know, young mind with no, <laughs> no examples or of anything. I assumed that there was going to be tables of companies sitting on the lawn of my college that as soon as I graduated, I would be able to walk up to these tables and they would just hire me on the spot, you know? Uh, yeah, that only happens on movies. <laughs> when I graduated, I, there was nobody ready to hire me. And I was in debt and I had credit card debt. And my first job, I was making $28,000 a year and I had $22,000 in credit card debt. That didn't even include the student loans. And I remember just feeling completely defeated. Um, I felt just lost. I remember being so depressed because I had no idea what was the next thing in life. Um, I tried to do radio, television, broadcasting, which is what I went to school for. And then I remember just different radio stations. I didn't have a good experience. The last radio station tried to get me to take off my top and stand in a plastic pool while they poured uh, milk over me. And I, oh had, my gosh. they wanted me to put, uh, they wanted me to put the stickers of their radio station on my nipples. And they were like, yes, this is going to get people to, you know, and I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, but I have a little bit more morals and values than that. And I quit on the spot. And, um, yeah, they, I just was like radio and television obviously isn't for me. And I remember just crying and sitting in a parking lot and I looked up and there was like a real estate company and they said, come in and take tests and we'll give you a job. And I got placed into a real estate company. My first job, I was only making $28,000 a year and I was severely depressed. I was like, this isn't 
what I had imagined. You know, I thought that I was going to get my college degree. I was going to get the corner office, $100,000 a year. I was going to wear cute little suits that I would have bought at the mall, you know, with nice little high heels and maybe like a leather, you know, bag. Like I just had this dumb imagination that this was going to happen. And I was completely, you know, disappointed <laughs> with life. And eventually I got to the point in my life where my father had passed away. I got out of a toxic relationship and I just felt like this can't be life, right? Like I just felt like I'm drowning in debt. This can't be my life. Like I just, there's gotta be more to this. And I was having those existential questions of like, what's the purpose? Why am I here? And I think, and I have my own podcast journey of a fearless female, and I have interviewed so many women and I have noticed a pattern that we all have to have this. And most of us, not all of us, but most, I would have to be 99% of us have this existential crisis in our life, whether you get out of a toxic relationship or whether or not you're going through a divorce or you've just lost somebody that you really love. And when these moments in life happen, you have this crisis, like an identity crisis, you mm -hmm. know, and you start to ask like, is this really life? Like, is this what, what, what I'm supposed to do? And for me, when my ex-boyfriend and I broke up and then the same, within a couple of months later, my father passed away unexpectedly, the grief and the pain of the loss of my father and the loss of the relationship of what I thought was going to be, you know, a forever relationship. I, I remember just feeling so completely lost and thinking there's gotta be more. I don't know how to get it. Um, I really don't want to feel this pain anymore. And I started to ask the questions. And when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm -hmm. And so the questions opened up my mind and my soul and my spirit to receive the answers. And if you're having these moments in life, the answers will come from different people. It'll come from a book, a podcast. It'll come from a friend, an unexpected sign. And for me at the time... I had a friend who handed me the book, The Secret, and The Secret was the opening to me, like going down that spiritual journey. But I I honestly was already open to the idea because um, when my father passed away, who was an alcoholic, I could not sleep that night. I just in my mind pictured him in this burning hell inferno being tortured for the rest of his life for the rest of his existence because that's what i was taught in catholic school you know and i not catholic school sorry catholic church and in christianity you know if you're a sinner you're going to go to hell and you're going to be tortured and i was just like i just can't fathom that for my father because even though he was an alcoholic he was a loving father he was funny you know he was charismatic you know and so i just couldn't fathom that for him and i went down the rabbit hole of learning about near-death experiencers and i read so many books like the five people you meet in heaven i read um all these books about the other side and i was already open to the notion that there's got to be more and i and i love the the sentence of when you think you know it all the cosmic joke is you really don't yeah and, <laughs> and so like you know i got the book the secret and i read it and i remember thinking this can't possibly happen for me it may happen for the white people, but it may not happen for me because I'm Mexican. I come from a first generation, uh, you know, family of I was the first 
American here. My parents don't even speak English. My sisters are have broken English. Like, you know, we used to be very poor. Like there, I, I just was like, there's no way this can happen for me, you know? But I put it to the test because I'm a researcher at heart and I I have to figure things out. And the the spiritual side of me obviously was like, this is totally going to work. But the logical side of me was like, you've got to put a test to it. You've Mm -hmm. got to do the scientific research behind it, you know? And I did, I put it to the test. I was like, okay, it tells me that if I think about whatever I think about, I can bring about whatever I focus on my energy flows. If I say I want the parking spot in front of target, it's going to happen. So I would, I would do that. I would visualize the target parking spot. And then I would pull up to target and I would be like, see, this doesn't work. And then all of a sudden one person would drive away right right in front of target and i'd be like dang it it does work you know and then something else would happen you know oh my god i'm gonna visualize i'm gonna create a vision board and i'm going to you know get the job of my dreams blah 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 and then all of a sudden i'm getting phone calls for jobs and i i want new friends and then all of a sudden i got new friends and then you know i want a boyfriend then all of a sudden i got a boyfriend But the thing of it was, is that I didn't understand that I had to do a lot of healing first. Mm -hmm. So even though I manifested these things, my subconscious mind was still running the record of you're not good enough. You're not worthy. You're unlovable. You know, nobody loves you. And that record was started because I grew up in a toxic environment. My mom was physically and emotionally abusive. I was her seventh child. By the time she had me, she did not want any more kids. So she specifically would tell me to my face, you know, I never wanted you. I never wanted you. And that does something to a child and not just absolutely. right? Not just was the words of I never wanted you, but she physically abused me. She would pull my hair. She would slap me. She would scratch me. She would pinch me. Um, The last time she laid her hands on me, I had knots on my forehead. I had patches of hair that were missing. I had scratches and bruises all over my face. Um, There was just a lot of abuse. And so that does something to someone. And not only did that give me this record of you're not good enough. You're not, you know, worthy. You're undeserving. Nobody loves you. Get out of my face. Nobody ever wanted you. That did something to my psyche and not just did it do something to my psyche, but I also learned that love was toxic. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw my parents fight. I saw my brother fight with my sister-in-law. I saw physical altercations. My sister and I physically fought. Like that's what I thought that's how you handled your emotions. That's how you handled conflict. That's how you handled love. And so because that was the environment that I grew up in, I was in toxic relationships, not just men relationships, but female relationships and not just female relationships, but work relationships. And I allowed bosses to treat me like shit. I allowed people to treat me like I was nothing and undeserving and unlovable and unwanted. And I had a big chip on my shoulder and I had a lot of anger and bitterness and hatred. And anytime something would go wrong in my life, that record would play again. You're not good enough. You're not worthy. You're undeserving. That, Of course that happened to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until I realized that even though I manifested all the things I wanted, they were still toxic. The boyfriend was toxic. The friends were toxic. The job was toxic. And I realized like the last time I had my aha moment, because I've had many of them, but 
it, when I was 33, I was dating this guy that I met on plentyoffish.com. He actually <laughs> was, he was actually somebody that I knew in high school and I had a huge crush on him in high school. And I just thought, oh my God, this is happening for me. Like, this is it <laughs> working, you know? And I remember at the time I was really big into church and I was going to church three times a week. And I remember I had just started tithing and, you know, in the Bible scripture, it says, when you give your tithes, the barn doors went, well, you know, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's, or the, uh, what is it? The exact scripture, but it's like the barn doors will open and you'll be overflowed with like, you know, blessing. So I really thought like, wow, I gave my tithing and this guy is my blessing. And so I really believe that. And I tried to make that relationship work for over over six months, even though at the third month, he called me a cunt. And that should have been my huge red flag <laughs> to leave. But I just was like trying to make it work because I was like, no, this is my blessing. No, this is my spiritual sign, you know. And um, it wasn't until the sixth month that I caught him cheating on me. And he was choking me on the side of a restaurant because I had, you know, found it on his phone and I threw his phone on the ground and he was pissed that his phone was broken and he was choking me on the side of a restaurant. And I just remember having this aha moment being choked on the side of the restaurant. I looked up into the sky and I'm like, why is this happening again? Mm -hmm. Like, why am I here again in this position? I'm like being choked out by a guy who makes $13 an hour. <laughs> um I'm smart. I have my college education. I've done the therapy. I've read the books. I know about the secret. Like, how am I here again? Mm -hmm. Like, how am I in the same position? I remember for the first couple of months, I went into hermit mode because I couldn't even trust myself. Mm. Uh, you know, I couldn't even trust my own decision making. And I remember having this unraveling of self, like thinking, I am maybe, you know, I was contemplating like suicide. I really was. I was just like, I don't trust myself. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't figure out life. I'm just stupid, you know? And again, that record would play. You're not good enough. You're unworthy. You're all these things. And I remember just having the darkest night of the soul. And it wasn't until I realized that um, I was doing it all wrong. I was manifesting okay, so all wrong. What was your, was it a voice? Was it your inner, like what hit you? What was that like? Okay. I know people are going to laugh at me, <laughs> but it was your good old friend, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> so at the time I was really deep into church. I was going to church Monday, Wednesdays, and Sundays. And Sundays, my ritual was I would go to church and I would go home, go to the grocery store, buy my groceries for the week. And then I would sit in my recliner and my fold out, I had, I lived in a small studio apartment and I uh, had a recliner and a TV tray as my tray to eat my food. So I would make my dinner like at really early in the afternoon because I didn't have a life. <laughs> so I would make my dinner like around three or four in the afternoon. And I would normally rent a red box and I would watch a movie and just cry myself to sleep. You For know? your youngins who are listening, which I appreciate you. I'm glad you're here. Well, well, was this really cool like <laughs> video rental thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes it was like yeah you would go to the grocery store and there was a red box there and you would pay like two or three dollars and they'd give you a dvd and you'd take it home and that right. was what i would do on my sundays um and because i was in that process of paying off my debt too i didn't want to spend any money so i would just 
tried to sleep my days away and I would eat my dinner really early and I would take lots of NyQuil so I could just sleep the rest of the day because I didn't want to spend any money. And I was just so severely depressed and just did not um, trust myself. I had no trust in me. And even though I went to church guys, and for those of you who are listening, I, you know, I don't, I'm not a church person anymore, but I'm not, I'm not going to knock you down if you go to church. But for me, like I went there searching for answers and I was getting no answers. And I said, you know, I said the Lord's prayer, God, I don't even know how many times asking Jesus into my heart. I said it so many times in so many different dialects and so many different deflections that I was like, am I saying it wrong? Am I doing it wrong? Am I, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I not feeling like the Holy Spirit is in me? Right. And so I remember one day I came home, I went to the grocery store, had my DVD and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to turn on the TV and it was on Oprah and she had um, Jack Canfield on. And Jack Canfield is talking about the chicken soup of the soul and the 21 success principles. And I was like, what is this? And then I was like, okay. And then every Sunday I started to watch her show super soul Sunday. And it was like, first it was Jack Canfield. Then it was Tony Robbins. Then it was Michael Singer. Then it was Gabrielle Bernstein. Then it was just like one person after Michael Bernard Beckwith, like, and then every person that she had on there, Wayne Dyer. I was like, I want to read their book. I want to know more about what they're talking about. You know, Bruce Lipton. I want to know what is he talking about? You know, every single person. And then Bruce Lipton introduced me to Joe Dispenza. And it was just like one after another. I was just, I was just like in this place of like, feed my soul because it seems like you guys have the answers. And it wasn't just spiritual. It was also scientific. If you've ever read any of Joe Dispenza's book and Bruce Lipton, it was like very scientific, the way this body works, the way our cells work, the way our brain works, the fact that we are 70 to 80% water and water is programmable. Dr. Um, you know, I think it's Maro, what, Moto, Dr. Moto, Isaro, I forgot his name, but he is a Japanese doctor that did experiments on water and he frees the water. And if you spoke to the water and you said, you know, love and grace and patience and, you know, all these beautiful words and you froze the water, it would make this beautiful crystal. And then if you talked shit to the water and you're like, you're ugly, you're a piece of shit and he froze the water, it would be a demented piece of water. It wouldn't have any kind of form. And so the more that I learned about like how we are programmable beings, the more that I realized that I, even though my mom stopped abusing me at the age of 18, I was my own abuser for the next 20 years. And I, because I repeated her words in my head, because I allowed that, you know, self-sabotage and the stubbornness of like, no, this is true. This is true. And I just created this like self-abuse. And that was the underlying factor for the reason why, even though I could manifest I was manifesting bad stuff because the underlying factor, the root cause, the record that kept playing in the background was like, no, 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 you're not good enough. You're unworthy. You're stupid. Nobody loves you. You know, you're all the things that people say to themselves, you know, so that manifests what you believe. Yes. You recognize your beliefs or not. Your reality is a reflection of your inner self-worth dialogue. Yes. I, I really learned. Um, that our brain is our supercomputer mm-hmm. and our brain is only, you know, taking out, he, it's only following the program that has been installed. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I love that, that um, comparison because it makes it very simple for people it to makes understand. It, yeah, it's very simple. The brain is a computer. It's a supercomputer and it runs a program all the time. And the program that is being run is a program that was downloaded from zero to seven. And whatever it is that you learned how to be, do, and see the world is whoever your caregivers were from zero to seven. And they taught you everything, how to love, how to resolve conflict, how to express your emotions, how to, you know, and how to speak, you know? And so if you grew up in an environment where your voice was always shut down, where you were told you were not good enough, where every time you tried to express your emotion, they said, oh, we don't express our emotion, you know, Mm -hmm. or, you know what I mean? Or if they resolved conflict with yelling and fighting, then that's what you learn. Even though your parent probably wasn't trying to teach you that, but you mirrored that Mm -hmm. because that was your example. And so, but the great thing about our brain is that it's easily programmable. Marketing (laughs) companies know this. Marketing is like brilliant. It is right. <laughs> and marketing companies know this. This is why they have you have jingles in your head right now that you can spew so fast, like oh, 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 O'Reilly's <laughs> auto parts, right? You know that. You know, I don't even have to watch the commercial because they've said it to me over and over and over in radio programs and commercials that it'll always be there. It's um so just like I tell my clients, your brain works in repetition. So when you went to kindergarten. They didn't say, Shauna, here's the ABCs, ABCDEFG. Okay, you're done. Go to the next grade. No, they drilled the ABCs in your head. They made you write them. They made you color them. They made you sing them. They said it over and over and over. Now you don't have to look at a board or go into a book to say your ABCs. It's permanently in your subconscious mind. And so what you have in your subconscious mind is permanently there but you can override it. You could definitely override it. And how do you override it? By the words that you speak and the thoughts that you think. And so for me, when I figured this out and I'm like, oh, I may be speaking that I want a new job, a new boyfriend and, you know, new love and whatever. But the thoughts that I was thinking were, you're not good enough. You're not worthy. You're stupid. You're unlovable. Nobody wants you. You know, so when I was, when I was speaking, the, the program was a little bit messed up, right? The program was like, I'll get you this, but we've got to make sure we have this underlying theme, right? The, that's what you're the used under- to though, too. And that's the that other was piece. what I was used to. Yeah. Like what you, what you've seen evidence of is all your brain knows that's quote unquote safe, even if it's not safe, it's just yes. your, your brain is familiar with it. And so it wants to find evidence to say, yep, we know this, we know this, this is comfortable for us. We know how to react again. Not, it doesn't have to be good or bad. It's just what your brain is used to and your brain doesn't like change. And so you're trying mm-hmm. to change. Uh, it's, it takes a little bit of work. To yeah. Do it that. takes a lot of work. I've been on my healing. So my dad passed away in 20, what, 2006 and I have been on that healing journey ever since. And I am now 43 years old. And there are still times where I get triggered and I have emotional breakdowns. And I, and, you know, as a life coach and as a spiritual mentor and as someone who's daily doing the work, mm-hmm. daily guys, like I literally listen to YouTubes and podcasts and books, and I'm constantly interviewing women and I'm trying to learn more about spirituality and healing. And I've, I spend so much money on going to conferences and therapists <laughs> and somatic healers and shamans. Like I'm in it, I'm in it all the time. 
Yet there are still moments in my life where someone can trigger me and I'm right back to being that little seven-year-old, that little nine-year-old, that little 10-year-old abused little girl. And the reason why, and this is something that someone just recently told me that was just so profound. Her name is Vima. She's on my podcast. She's a RTT therapist, which is rapid transformational therapist. She said, Paola, you were in the trauma, in the pain and the hurt for 33 years of your life. Mm -hmm. So that means the majority of my life I spent playing that record in that pain in the darkness. So give yourself grace because you've only been outside of the darkness, outside of the pain, outside, you know, and becoming self-aware of what you were doing for a shorter amount of time than all of your life, right? So I'm 43. So I've literally only spent the last, you know, 10 years of my life actually doing the work. Mm -hmm. So give yourself grace because the last 33 years of my life, I've been in the dumps. <laughs> so it takes a long time. And I, I think that our souls are just forever evolving and growing. Mm -hmm. I, like I said earlier, the cosmic joke is when you think you know it all, you really don't. No. Have you ever done time technique therapy? No, I've never heard of that. So the way that I utilize it is, and I've done it myself, so I know it works is, and I've done it on a friend before and she was like, oh my God, that was amazing. Um, I usually integrate EFT with it, but essentially you're identifying a time in your life where something happened and it can, you know, like for your example, you know, it might've been a, a lot of different situations, but it's like the first one that pops up. Maybe it was like the most recent in your timeline, or maybe it was the first incident in your timeline and you go back and you greet that little girl mm. and you talk to her and you say, you know, the way that I've done it on myself is I'll go, I'll go back and I'll say, thank you. Thank you for this, this moment in time. Thank you for these lessons. I don't regret you. I don't regret us. I don't regret the experience because we can't either. We can't regret life. Yeah. We have to be able to look at our our past as learn as lessons and yes. it's about like going back to those moments and going back to your past self and saying there's nothing wrong with you you know there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing wrong with us if it wasn't for you I wouldn't be where I am today yeah and really being able to to shed some gratitude for that past self that little girl that younger version of you whatever you know age bracket that is and really yeah. sit with that and then do a release of you know, thank you again, gratitude. Thank you. Um, and recognize where you are now and where you want to be. That's yes. like a really short version of it, but <laughs> yes, I did something similar with, uh, RTT, that rapid transformational therapy with Vima. And cause I was trying to figure out like my, like abundance blocks and stuff and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and definitely she made me go back to my inner child because obviously I'm not in an abundance block now in my life, but you know, I grew up poor, you know, I grew up like having to go to the back of the grocery store when my mom put us in the trash bin to dig out food that wasn't moldy, you know, and, um, and there was always not enough food. I remember there was a time where all we ate was like eggs and beans or rice and beans and eggs or eggs and microwavable chicken or top ramen and tuna. Like it was always just a struggle financially in the home growing up. Like I even remember when we were 17, when I was 17, I came home with my best friend and we used to walk home to, from school together. And there was a giant orange tag on the door and our house was being foreclosed on and we had to move it in 30 days. And 
even now, like when I remember moving in with my husband, cause moving in with my husband and we bought a house together was the first time in a long time that I've lived in a house. Cause before I just lived in apartments and mm-hmm. did rooms with roommates and stuff. So I remember the first couple of months moving into the house, I dreamt of these people coming to take the house away Aww. and like, you know, and it's just like, it's just that repressed. That's the thing about our bodies and our minds is that we store our trauma Mm -hmm. And if we don't work on it, and if we don't release it, we do store it. And I, you know, having to do that RTT therapy session, like I did have to go back and talk to my little girl and say, you're not that little girl anymore. You don't live in that house. Like, I, I remember she visually made me go to the room where I used to live in that house and pick her up and tell her, you don't live there anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, look, come into the car that we drive now. Let's drive over to the new neighborhood. Look at this house. Look at the food in the refrigerator. Look at the money in your bank account. Look at your like closet. Like you have more than one pair of shoes. You know what I mean? It was just like this beautiful, like eye-opening experience for you to do because my life is completely different than it was when I was a child. And I live in such a safe environment now. Like I tell that to my husband sometimes because I will go to sleep or wake up and I love both of us are entrepreneurs. So we get to just have our own time schedule. There is no like crazy alarm going off to wake us up. And so we both wake up in a peaceful manner and we go to sleep in a peaceful manner. And I, I just remember one time telling him, I've never felt so much peace. Like I like growing up, like there was always this like walking on eggshells. Like I didn't know what I was going to encounter in the morning. Like was my mom in a pissed off mood? Was my dad and my mom yelling where my brother was my brother yelling at my dad or was my brother yelling at my mom or is my sister pissed off? There was always these like, you know, possible like minds that I could step on and it would blow up on me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, I always felt like I was walking on eggshells growing up in my childhood home that now it just feels so peaceful. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think you understand. I've never lived like this. Even when I moved out of my parents' house, I was always like high anxiety, high cortisol, because it was like, I had to figure out how I was going to pay my bills. I had to figure out like where, if I got laid off or if my roommate was pissed off at me or if my, you know, I was always in that turmoil kind of like environment because I, I left that environment, but I, I kept recreating it, not knowing well, you didn't because, know anything else. Yeah, I didn't know. I just kept recreating the same environment with different roommates and different mm-hmm. jobs and different friendship groups, because I just was reiterating that program. And that's the thing. If you're listening and my story resonates with you and you are questioning why things keep happening to you, why you keep finding yourself in the same you know, in the same situations, whether it's in a friendship group or with a relationship or even with your family members. The one thing that I remember thinking, and this is one of my favorite chapters in the book, The 21 Success Principles, is um, you're the denominating factor in the equation. And you're the Yep. You're the denominating factor in the equation and you can only take full responsibility and accountability of yourself. Well, That's you're going to be a th- cause or you're going to be an effect. It is your yeah, choice. It is your choice. And it's like, people think they go on this healing journey and they immediately are like, oh, my brother needs this or my sister needs it. Oh, my husband needs to talk to you. And it's like, no, like you need to work on yourself. You, you can only be the change you want to see. And that's true. Like, 
people aren't going to want to change. Cause here's the thing too. People only see you as the, the wounded version of yourself. So like, for example, I was a hot mess. I'll, t- I'll be the first to tell you that I was a hot mess. I didn't know how to handle my emotions. I didn't know how to self-regulate. I had no peace in my life. I was angry. I was bitter. I was literally just, you know, not a good person. I was not a good person. Um, and the people that were in your past before your healing journey, that's the only person they know. Mm-hmm. So here you come, you're like, Oh, I'm going down my healing journey. I've done therapy. I've done this. Oh my gosh, I'm this great person. They don't see that. And the only way you could say it, you could speak this, the talk or talk the talk and, and speak all these like, you know, verses or quotes. But if you're not walking the walk, you can't set an example. And that's the only thing is that you have to be the example for them to be like, Oh my God, I want what you have. That's the reason why uh, people who are going door to door and trying to sell you the Church of Jesus of Latter-day Saints or, or people who are trying to tell you about God, if they're like, you need Jesus, you need Jesus, but they're walking a different walk. Do you really want to go to their church? No, that's the thing. It's like no one's going to win anyone over by shoving doctrine, whether it's spirituality, new age or church down your throat. Everybody wants to see how you act. And if you portray and act and are living and walking your truth and someone asks you, never, ever give them your stuff, right? Like I never just, cause that's what I did in the beginning. I was like, oh my God, everybody needs to know this. And I wanted so badly to like get everyone on my healing journey. And it just backfired on me because everybody just saw me as the old wounded self. And so it wasn't until I realized I just have to show, I, I have to wait for people to come to me. Mm-hmm. You know? It's almost like have- if you're a projector, you have to be, it has to have that invitation of like. Yes. Be- and even it- now as a coach, you have to have the invitation to give advice. That's <laughs> Sometimes true. I'm like, right away, I'm like, well, I know exactly what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's still a hard one for me too. Cause you just like want so badly to tell people what to do, but it's hard. You have people are on their, everyone is on their own soul's journey. Mm-hmm. They're on their own path. They signed their own soul's contract. And, you know, it's crazy because you think, I think about this all the time. I read the book, um, The Seed of the Soul uh, by his name, last name is Kuzix. I think I forgot what his name is, but he was also on Oprah. And I read mm-hmm. his book, The Seed of the Soul. And he talks about like how when you see homeless people or you see people who are just like addicts and they're just out in the streets and you would think like, oh my God, I'm just going to help them. I'm going to give them a shower. I'm going to give them a job. I'm going to get them a house. And if they, most of them just go right back to the streets Mm -hmm. because they're not in that, you're forcing them down their healing journey. You're Mm -hmm. forcing them to look at the light, but they're not ready to be in the light. I've worked in addiction and that's right. They're not ready to be in the light. You cannot force somebody to get better until like, you just can't, even if you're physically bring them to rehab they they go through the program if they are not ready to heal they will relapse and usually it's yeah exactly and that's the thing it's like everyone's healing journey is particular and special and unique to them Mm -hmm. and everything is different for everyone like I have been I have tried everything god I come from like my husband has like 
plenty of money to like, let me explore all the things <laughs> because I have explored all the things I have done, you know, weightless tanks and acupuncture and tuning forks. I've been to shamanic healers. I've done psychedelics. I've done, you know, except for ayahuasca, I don't, I'm not ready for that, but I mean, I've done for a lot of things, you know, emotion code, body code. I've done RTT therapy, EMDR. I've done a lot of talk therapy. I've done it all literally trying to figure out like what it is. Cause I, I, for a long time, I thought I was broken. I thought there was something inherently wrong with me. And I would always, you know, I'm, you can't see me, but you know, I, I was born in the eighties. We didn't have social media. We didn't have mental health. Nobody talked about their feelings. Nobody talked about triggers. Nobody talked about trauma. Everybody just, I just assumed that all of my friends had this beautiful life and I was the only one that was like suffering, you know, and I, I really took it upon myself and I really isolated and thought there is something inherently wrong with me, you know, and there, and there really wasn't, everybody's going through their own trauma. Everybody has their own, you know, crosses trauma to bear. and drama. Yep. <laughs> right. They all they have their own crosses to bear. They have their own trauma. They have their own stuff. They have their own. And even, and here's the thing I also learned is that like, you don't have to have physical trauma to experience trauma. It could mm -hmm. be emotional trauma. It could, and emotional trauma, I think is a lot worse than physical trauma because you know, the, my hair grew back, the scratches healed, the bruises went away, but the emotional, you know, stuff stayed with me for years. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, your parents, it could have been a teacher that just simply said, you're stupid, and you're never going to get math. And that's tortured you for the rest of your life, you know, or someone who made fun of your weight or your hair or, and it doesn't know, have to be years, it could be one, like you said, one or two comments, and that yeah. just lives with you and it forever. Just, yes. Mm hmm. Yes, it could be anything, you know, and you'd be surprised how many people are carrying so much trauma, so much pain by someone saying that they were fat and they developed an eating disorder, you know, or someone saying, I work in eating disorder, so I can talk about that all day, yeah, <laughs> right? Or someone saying that their hair was too curly and then they spent years and years flat ironing their hair and spending thousands and thousands on a Brazilian blowout. It's so crazy how the mind picks up on little things and then repeats it and repeats it and repeats it to the point where it becomes literally a dagger. And it's just so hard for you to get past it, the pain point of it. But it really is, if you put in the work, you really can transform your life and change the program that is running you. And it is as simple as the thoughts that you think and the words that you speak. And I tell my clients, you know, first of all, write down as many affirmations as you want, learn many mantras. Um, I, there's so many on YouTube that are for free that you just go on YouTube. I used to tell my clients, cause I'm the type of coach that likes to work with women who are about to start their healing journey. Mm. Um, so I, there, I once interviewed a woman that was like, I don't like to work with the women that are about to start their healing. I like the women that are about to level up. And I'm like, well, I like the women that are about to start their healing journey because those are like the women that I love to work with. And when I work with these women, it really is super hard for them to reprogram their brain in the beginning mm -hmm. because it's so, like you said earlier, it's such a comfort zone 
to be in that darkness, to be in that repeat. And sometimes our, people are like, no, I'm not. I'm, I love myself. I love myself. And then the same sentence, I'll hear them say, yeah, but my hair is just so ugly and stringy. It's not like yours. You just <laughs> said you loved yourself, you know, or they'll say, oh my God, I, I, I'm so positive. I'm such a positive person. And then within like the next hour, they're like, oh, I just hate life. And I just hate going to school. And I just, you know, and it's like, they don't even know it. They, they're not even self-aware enough to see where they're negative, where they're, oh, where yeah. they're thinking negative thoughts. I met somebody recently who she's, which I thought was ironic. She's in school to be a therapist. She's almost done. She's getting her clinical hours and she's talking about her healing journey, which, you know, we're all on. And I was like, oh, great. And she's sitting there showing me a photo that she's editing of her body. Like, mm. and it's not a big edit. It's like a very subtle edit. And I looked at her and I said, I can't believe you actually spend time doing that. She's yeah. Like, oh, but it's so, it's so subtle. You know, I just want to make sure my photos look beautiful. I'm like, you look great. Like for you to <laughs> sit here and continue to edit your body image on a photo is so yeah. sad. Like it's well, because we're always working on ourselves. Yes. All of us are, you know, none of us are perfect. And all of us, and especially therapists, like we go right therapists and coaches go into it because we have so much going on. But yeah, there, I th- like I said, it's a continuous, that's the thing. I think I'll always be on my healing journey. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely never one and done. That's why if I think it's so funny when people are like, oh, I went to one therapy session. I'm cured. Doesn't work that way. You <laughs> I'm know? Sorry, dying because that is not. <laughs> right? Like, it doesn't work that way. Well, and I don't think you need to be in talk therapy for your whole life. I actually think. No, that, definitely not. Not. Definitely um, start there though. Mm-hmm, I think yes. everybody should start with talk therapy. If you're about to start your healing journey, start with talk therapy, because I think that everyone needs that unbiased place mm-hmm. to be able to speak your truth with no judgment and without the fear of being, um, of like your story going somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know, cause that was one of the things I grew up in a, you know, I have one of seven. So it's like, if I talk to my sister, my sister would then tell my other sister. And then my sister would tell my niece. And then my niece would tell my other niece. And then my niece told my cousin and my aunt, and then everybody knew, but when you, you know, but when you're, or even with a best friend, you know, and then the best friend tells their friend and that, and then all of a sudden, so it's so cool to be able to talk to a therapist and know that your story stays there and that you're in a safe space and that there's no judgment and that you you're just heard mm-hmm. but then eventually you know you have to stop talk therapy and and that's that has to come from your own like soul like you you'll come to a place where you'll realize okay i'm ready for more mm-hmm. and that's what happened to me it's like eventually i was like okay I, i've talked enough <laughs> told my story enough I need more. I need direction. And that's where, you know, I went to church and I was trying to get direction there. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I love church. I love God. I do believe in the Bible, but eventually I needed more. I needed more counsel. And I hated that when I had a problem, somebody would come to me and be like, oh, well, Philippians, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, like I need direction. Like I need something, you know, you can't just spew a Bible verse that has no relevant, you know, relevance in my life right now. I need actual actionable steps. And it wasn't until like, you know, I started reading and going down the self-help book that I I loved these actionable steps, you know, and I teach my clients these actionable steps, like, you know, listen to motivational YouTube videos and, you know, listen to mantras and do mirror work and go out and do grounding and 
take a walk in nature, talk to your spirit guides, journal, meditate, all these tools that I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do these. <laughs> and I know that when I don't do them, my soul goes out of alignment. You mm -hmm. know, when I, when I don't do the work, when I don't listen to positive stuff, and that's the thing for a long time I used to listen to, um, I was really big into true crime and I was like, oh, I was listening to my favorite murder and crime documentaries. And I loved watching 2020 unsolved mysteries. And, and what was I doing? I was programming my brain into more fear. Oh my gosh. Isn't that so true? Because I love the same thing. I love like, CSI I love it too. And, but, um, but all, all I did was every single time I was at home and I would hear like a weird noise. Oh my God, this is it. This is when I'm going to get raped and murdered. Like every single time somebody was like, you know, my, my stepson would come home early and I would scream like, ah! and he's like, what did I do? And it was just, I was causing more fear and anxiety and stress. Mm -hmm. And especially- yeah. Watching the news. I can't watch the news because all I do will, I will stay up late at night thinking, how am I going to solve the world's problems? You know? And it's like, I can't handle that. So I was like, okay, if my brain is a supercomputer and the thoughts that I think and the words that I say are the commands that run that supercomputer, then I need to be careful with what I feed my computer. Mm -hmm. So I stopped listening to the true crime and I stopped watching the news and I stopped, you know, listening to all these things that were basically causing me more fear, more anxiety, more stress. And I started to listen to motivational YouTubes and audible books and, you know, books that like inspire me and motivate me. I started listening to mantras and subliminal messages and I just was learning stuff. So every time the negative thought would appear, I would be like, nope, I'm safe. I'm sound. I'm divinely protected every time I would get really upset and I would think oh no nope what's the best that can happen instead of what's the worst that can happen mm -hmm. when every time I thought like oh my gosh things are going bad I would think nope I'm creative I'm smart and God will make the way you know and I would I would remember these things and that would be my new program that I would say to myself and it has helped me tremendously in life and it's helped my clients tremendously and still to this day I have clients who message me who worked with me like two years ago oh my god Pela, you're not going to believe this and I love when they start the conversation like that. You're not going to believe this. No, I believe it because I'm very spiritual. I'm very woo woo. And I love hearing these stories. We're more than meets the eye. Mm -hmm. We're more powerful than meets the eye. So you've done, like you said, lots of healing, lots of work. You're, you're still on this journey. I would love yes. to know, and maybe it's more than one, but what is your proudest manifestation? Uh, I would have to say my husband and our, oh. our relationship. Um, so obviously, you know that I was being choked out of our, our restaurant at 33. And it took me a long time. You know, I started my healing journey. I really went back because I even though I got the book of the secret in 2008. And I did it all I was doing it all wrong. 2000 and uh, 2013, which I was 33 2013 was when I really dove into the the root cause of my pain. That was when I feel like I really dug into the healing part of it. And I feel like when I did that, I realized there was so much more that I needed to work on. And once I started to work on that and really fall in love with me and myself and all my pieces that I thought were broken, I fell in love with me. And I really dated myself. I went to the movies by myself. I went to dinner by myself. I bought myself stuff. I spoiled myself. 
And I specifically remember uh, December 15th, uh, December 2015, I bought my very first Christmas tree. So I had paid off all my student, um, not my student loans, I'm sorry. I paid off all my credit cards. I paid off $18,600 in credit card debt. That was the second time um, I paid off my debt. And um, I remember I bought my very first Christmas tree. I moved out of my small studio apartment. I bought myself an apartment. I got a real apartment, a real girl's apartment with a real bedroom and a real kitchen and a real oven and stove. Because when I lived in my small studio apartment, I remember... I was like, I'm only going to be here for a small time. And then I'm going to marry somebody and I'm going to live in a house. I was there for five years. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm never going to move out. I might as well just get into an apartment. So I moved into an apartment with a real stove because I was tired of cooking off of a hot plate. And so I moved into this apartment and I was like, I have plenty of room for a Christmas tree. So I went out and I bought a Christmas tree and I remember I called my nephew and I said, can you help me drag this Christmas tree to the second floor? And um, so we moved, we moved the Christmas tree to the second floor. I had bought all these Christmas decorations from the 99 cent store and I was decorating the Christmas tree. I had Mariah Carey playing in the background and I was just in the state of absolute bliss and just pure childhood joy. And I remember looking at the Christmas tree and I was just singing. And I remember turning to my nephew who was laying on my couch. And I said, next year, I'm going to be decorating this tree with my husband. And he laughed at me. He about choked on his popcorn, first of all. And he laughed at me and said, Paola, you're not even dating anybody. And I wasn't, I wasn't talking to anybody. I wasn't on any dating apps. I wasn't, there was no man in my life, but I was in the state of bliss, joy, and happiness, which is one of the key factors to manifesting is feeling the feelings of what it's going to feel like when you have that mm -hmm. and then declaring it and saying it out loud. I declared it. I am going to decorate this tree with my husband next year. And I kid you not the following year, I was decorating that same tree in my brand new home with my husband and it all just happened. And I, I, Literally just, I'm so thankful that I fell in love with myself, that I did the work, that I corrected the program, and that I finally, finally manifested the most wonderful human being, which was my husband, who has given me the life of my dreams. I mean, he's made my my vision dreams come true, my vision board dreams come true, because I had things on my vision board that somebody who was making $42,000 a year should not have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got a white Range Rover. I got first class flight to Australia. I got to hug a koala bear. I got to be on a yacht. I've been to Bora Bora. I've been to Fiji. I've, you know, flown in the most amazing, you know, business class and first class. I've had been able to walk on Fifth Avenue in New York and buy a purse that was $4,000. And I'm just kind of like, who's life is this, you know, everything that I had ever wanted happened because I fixed the underlying record, right? I was no longer undeserving and unworthy. Now I was worthy and deserving. Now I was loving myself. Now I was feeling good about myself. And all of that radiated out of me. Even my husband would tell me, I don't know what was what it was about you, but I was drawn to you like a moth to a flame. And and it's what's crazy about my husband and I's relationship is that I was actually his property manager for two years before he actually asked me out on a date. That's crazy. And he, 
Yeah. He, I knew him for two years. I remember talking to him for two years. There was no like connection. There was no like flirting. There was no nothing for two years. And then all of a sudden it was just like the moment I started working on myself, the moment I started to do the work and write the lists and, you know, make affirmations. And I did, I wrote a list. Like, what do I want in my husband? I want him to love God as much as me or more. I want him to make as much money as me or more. I want him to have funny dad jokes. I want him to think that I'm the best thing since sliced bread. And you know, and I would write these lists and just write all kinds of things down. And you don't need to know the when or the how you just need to know the what Mm -hmm. and God source, the divine will work on the rest. So true. (laughs) I, I, that was the, my favorite thing that I ever manifested. And I'm still to this day, like surprised (laughs) that I got to do that. (laughs) That is very similar to my story with my, um, I say husband, but we're never going to get like really married. And I hate the word boyfriend and I hate the word partners. So <laughs> I told him, I was like, I'm just going to call you my husband. Cause like, we we're just, we don't really believe in like the whole government marriage thing. Yes, um, I get it. <laughs> but we, um, that's funny to say that. Cause I had th- similar patterns, continue to attract unavailable men. My first boyfriend, when I was like 16 was like phys- borderline physically, but definitely verbally abusive. Mm. And then my next boyfriend was cheated on me. And then Oh no, sorry. Yeah. And then the next one cheated on me. It was like cheaters, 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 cheaters. And then my previous relationship, he was a narcissistic ego-centered asshole who for the six years that we were quote unquote together, he didn't define us as together though. He was sleeping with other women the entire time, which I didn't find out until, you know, later, later. And then would tell me like, because I wasn't educated that we would never get married and I continued to stay with him. Yeah. And finally I was just like, it took me literally moving to a different state, like completely changing my environment, becoming yeah. uncomfortable as fuck. Uh, yes. when you move somewhere, you're and you don't know anybody, you have no friends, you're forced to <laughs> create new habits and create new thoughts. Yeah. Um, and I was just getting all on, on these dating apps. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So why are there no like good men? And finally, I was like, I just want to meet a friend. Yeah. I don't really care if we date. I don't really care what happens. I just need somebody I can get along with in the city and show me the area. And yeah. and there um, you go. You got it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We've been going on, we, we say adventures, but yeah, we, <laughs> like, you know, travel the state. I mean, Colorado is massive and, you know, we've been here eight years and you still, we have still not been everywhere because it's just yes. massively beautiful. But yes, and like, we've gone to St. Thomas and I've never you know, it, technically it's in the country, but it, you know, it's kind of out of the country and we're like, yes. I was like, this is the first time I've ever had like this luxurious, like vacation. Um, you know, he's like, he bought a house for us, which is, you know, I've never like you never lived in a house before ever. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> never had dogs, you know, yeah. ever. Um, you know, I always joked, you know, when you're younger, you're like, oh, I'm going to have, you know, that picket white fence and a house. And, you know, I really was like, haha, like, that's not me. No, we yeah. have a, a picket white fence yard oh, and two dogs and you that's know, amazing. a baby on the way. And it's like, oh, that's amazing. Isn't it crazy, crazy when you really declare what you really want? It does come, come into fruition. I want to say something about what you said earlier. For those of you who are listening and you're a single and you want a relationship, watch the words that are coming out of your mouth. Cause if you rewind it back, Shauna said, there are no good men. Mm-hmm. So that was the reason why it was so hard for her to find it. Cause like we said earlier in the podcast, your brain will validate that statement for you. And well, and like you, I wrote always... that list 
So I wrote, yeah. uh, I got that actually from Oprah, another little yes. Oprah. <laughs> so yes. I wrote it. Oh, I don't even know. Maybe 12 years ago, 15 years ago. And I put it away. I hid it. I like put it in a book and I didn't visit it. And I think that's part of the problem is I didn't reassess this non-negotiable list um, because all the guys that I dated that were abusive, none of them matched that list. N- not yeah. one single man was aligned with what I wrote down. And that list was not crazy. It was just like, I want somebody who makes me laugh, who has a good smile, who has a good mm-hmm. heart, who's a good person. You know, all, you know, I would say non-negotiable required. So we should have a partner. Yeah. And when I moved in with Nathan, I found that list and I read it and I was like, oh my fucking God, everything on here, everything. Yes. Literally, but like one, what yeah. like 25 things I wrote down, everything yeah. was a match. And I was like, that's oh. what happened to my husband when he was, um, so he got a divorce and then he was dating this crazy girl. And then he went, he broke up with her and then he went on Tinder and was dating a couple crazy girls from Tinder. And <laughs> one of his friends, one of his friends said, um, well, what do you want? Cause he was complaining that these girls were crazy and they just were like a little bit off. And he, he had two sons from the previous, from his marriage that he was like, I can't introduce my sons to these women, you know? And so his friend was like, you need to make a decision-making funnel. And he was like, what's a decision-making funnel. He's like, just write a list of everything that you want in this new person that you want to be with, that you're, you know, is going to be good enough to present to your family, to your kids. And he said he had 72 items. Whoa. Yeah, I met 71. <laughs> so, I mean, the only one that I, I didn't meet was I didn't like football, but actually I'm starting to like football now. But yeah, it is it is so crazy. And I you're not the first, you're not the last. And I hear so many people, even on TikTok, there's a girl that said um, that she wrote in, she had a giant notebook. And she's like, I wrote in this notebook three sentences every single day. Um, I want to live in New York. I want to live in Miami. I want to have this job and I want to do this, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I kid you not guys. I did this for 365 days and I am now currently living in Miami doing this, doing that. It works. It -hmm. works because like, again, your brain is just a super computer that is just ready for a program. And the marketing companies know this. This is the reason why, you know, commercials work. It's the reason why, you know, like O'Reilly's and, you know, other commercials, you know, um, you're in good hands in all state. Like we all know these commercials <laughs> because they have repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated. And so if you want to change the program and really transform your life, you know, start with changing the words that you speak and the thoughts that you think and become Mm self-aware of the negative thoughts that you're saying and the negative things that you're talking about. And even if you feel like, oh man, you know, I'm doing the work and it's still going wrong. I don't know what's going on. Right. Then maybe it's time to hire a coach. Maybe it's time to hire someone outside of your box that could point out what you're doing wrong and they could give you the right direction and which way to go. You know, people are so, um, Like they're like, oh my God, I don't want to hire a coach. I don't need a coach. I don't need a therapist. I could just go to my friends and they can help me and blah, 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 blah. But some of the most, um, some of the most amazing people, like I remember Kobe Bryant had not just a coach that taught him how to do his better free throws or uh, three pointers, but he also had a mindset coach because a lot, it's 80% what you think about and Mm -hmm. 20% what you're doing. Yep. Oh, I'm a runner. I like to agree a hundred percent that. I can destroy yes. a run by thoughts alone. I will be by in thoughts perfect, alone. perfect shape. But if my mindset goes down during that run or race, we're done. 
Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Abusers know this. Groomers know this. Mm-hmm. You know, pe- the government knows this. The CIA knows this. Like, go down that rabbit hole. Like, the CIA knows how powerful our brains are. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the government does too. It's the reason why we're, you know, they're, they're trying so hard to control media. And without the being able to control media, without being able, like, the whole Mormon religion is falling apart because before they can control your access to the internet mm-hmm. and now they're, they're losing that control. So they can't keep you in the same dogma. And that's the thing that you have to understand that there's so much that you need to learn and find out. And the cosmic joke is even if you learn it and find out, we won't know, we don't really know it all. We really won't know it all until we cross over to the other side. And then that's when we'll have all the understanding that we could possibly have. Right. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We could, I think, talk for another hour, but, um, I would love to know, um, how people, if they heard this episode and they're like, oh my gosh, this woman sounds fabulous. How can people work with you and where are you showing up the most right now? Uh, TikTok. I love me some TikTok. I'm okay. a TikTok queen. I'm at 25,200 followers. I just got a viral video that hit a million. Um, I love TikTok. I, I think it's like my favorite place. Um, I really, I could be myself there. Um, so yes, follow me on TikTok at Paola, P-A-O-L-A dot Rosser. Um, you can go to my website, fearlessfemale.com. I'm on YouTube at fearlessfemale. Um, and my podcast is called journey of a fearless female DM me on Instagram at fearless female underscore coach. You can find me anywhere. I'm on all platforms. I'm also on Pinterest. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, just find me. My name is really, really, um, unique Paola P A O L A Rosser R O S S E R. And I'm the one that like will message you back personally. I do have a virtual assistant, but I will message you back uh, personally. And yeah, I, like I said, I love working with women who are at the beginning of their healing journey, who need direction, who have just done a year or two years of talk therapy, and they're ready for actionable steps. They're ready to move on. They're ready to like really dive deep with the tools and learn how to reprogram their mind to just really manifest the life that they've always dreamed of. Mm, I love that. And all those links you do not need to memorize. They will be in the show notes. Just scroll down and click a link, whichever one you prefer. I'll put the TikTok though first. Yes. <laughs> I'm on TikTok. <laughs> um, and then I know you just started your, not just started, but you, you are almost going to be certified in body code. And yes. so can you give a quick kind of like 50 cent version um, of what that is? I'll try. I'll try. Yeah, I know. Okay. So <laughs> body code was discovered by Dr. Bradley Nelson, who was a chiropractor. And I actually discovered it because I was big into Tony Robbins. I went to all of Tony Robbins events. Um, and I just, I love Tony Robbins events. If you, if you've never done one, I highly recommend you to do one in your lifetime before he retires. Um, and he w- wrote the forward of the book emotion code. And I remember my husband was like, you have to read this book. And he's like, it's everything that you believe in about the subconscious mind and blah, 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 blah. So I read it and I was in awe. And so I, as soon as I got back from Nashville, I booked my first appointment with a practitioner. She released 15 negative trapped emotions from my body and I've never felt so lighter. And then I had my husband sign up and he, he released like 10 trapped emotions. And I kid you not, we did not fight for two months because we didn't have those triggering negative emotions to cause us to fight and to bicker. 
So then I was like, I'm sold. And so I got my emotion code certification, but then, and I was doing emotion codes, um, emotion code sessions with my clients and everything. But then I told my sister and my sister said it was brujeria, which means in Spanish, it's witchcraft. So then like my old Catholic little girl in me was like, no, nope, don't do that. So I stopped and I kind of retreated from it. And then I just recently had like a big epiphany. I, I did an, a psychedelic experience where I saw these beautiful light beings who told me I am divinely protected and that I'm ready to level up and that this is the work that I was meant to do. And so I, again, denied it, <laughs> didn't do anything for it. Didn't, didn't want to, you know, tell anybody that I was an emotion code practitioner. Didn't want to do the work. Um, I kind of hid that. I was still trying to do coaching. And then my husband had a heart attack. And when my husband had a heart attack, I went through a really dark time because I was like, he, my husband did die on the table and they had to bring him back to life. Oh and gosh. so it was really, really hard for me to like leave the house. Like I didn't want to leave him alone. I was like, oh my God, if I leave him alone, he might die and blah, blah, blah. And so I called my emotion code practitioner who also does body code. And she told me, she's like, why aren't you doing body code? You could do body code on yourself and you wouldn't have to call me. And I'm like, well, I never did body code because I was being cheap. And so I didn't want to pay for another course. And she was like, you need to do it. And I was really, again, struggling with like the idea of doing this. Um, and of course, the universe always speaks to you. I remember she told me that she makes a certain amount of money, which was a lot. She makes over six figures a year doing body code sessions for people. And I was like, yeah, right. You don't do that. You know, in my, my self, I was like self-doubting. I was like, there's no way she's probably just trying to sell me a course. Right. And it's not even her course to sell. It's somebody else's. Right. And so at the moment when I was asking spirit and source, like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, I get a text message from her and it's literally a screenshot of her PayPal of how much money she makes. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I'm signing up right now. Okay, spirit, I get it. You're you're sending me a sign. So I signed up. I did my 10 modules. I've completed them. I had to do 57 sessions. So 19 people, three sessions a piece. Shauna was one of my mm -hmm. volunteers, which is great. I'm almost done with my free sessions. I've completed the modules. As soon as I turn in my portfolio, I'm going to be certified. But body code simply is a healing modality that taps into the subconscious mind and helps locate imbalances and uh, misalignments in your body, both physically, spiritually, energetically. You could be holding negative trapped emotions, despair anchors. You could be holding a memory field of negative of negative uh, emotions. Um, you can be storing things in different areas. Um, I had a woman who was molested by her uncle. She was storing a ton of negative trapped emotions in her uterus and her amygdala and her brain, which is, you know, what is uh, capable of your fight or flight. And it's just like, I, it's crazy. Some of these um, sessions that I have with these people, I'm like, I they're like, they're even shocked. Like, how did you find that? I don't know. You're telling me your subconscious mind is telling me I'm just muscle testing. Right. And so like, it's such an amazing healing modality. I know that it personally works because I was doing it before I even became a certified emotion code practitioner. I did it for two years. My husband did it. I recommended my friends. And then it wasn't until I became an emotion code practitioner that I really believed in it. 
And then I did it to my clients. My clients believed in it. And then the next level is body code, which I'm getting my certification. And then after that level is belief code, which I can't wait to get into because there's, again, beliefs that we store in our subconscious mind that are running the program of our life. And so I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to get to that level. Um, So I'll need volunteers then. But yeah, so I'm excited. People like- who... I'll sign up for that too. (laughs) Yeah. People who have volunteered. Yeah. So make sure you get on my mailing list. Yeah. So because people who volunteered have just had the most like amazing things happen to them. I just did a YouTube video on it. So make sure you check out my channel. It's called um, Incredible Body Code Results. Um, so yeah, check it out because seriously, there's so many amazing results. Just my, the small volunteer group that I'm doing right now, it's just amazing to me. It's a great healing modality, but like I said earlier in the podcast, your healing journey is very personal to yourself. So whatever it is that calls to you, whether it's a weightless tank or tuning forks or acupuncture, a shamanic healer, somatic healing, EMDR, RTT, or what she called, what, what did you? talk about earlier the time time, timeline techniques try it all try it all like if you people are like so scared to invest in themselves like really try it all this is your healing journey like if you really don't want to feel the anxiety the pain the trauma if you really don't want to have the nightmares anymore if you really want to get past this negative dark night of the soul then invest in yourself Mm -hmm. and go down the healing journey and really do your research, please. Cause I have been duped by so many coaches. So many coaches have taken thousands and thousands of dollars from me, you know, do your research, talk to the client. If you love somebody, like, don't just go all in, even with me, do your research on me, like watch all my videos. Do you have a connection with me? Do you resonate right. with what and I that see? I think is key. What is your yeah. initial reaction to the individual? Because I've seen plenty of coaches where I'm like, ooh, that sounds great. And then I'm actually really glad I didn't move forward with their program because one, it was just insane. Like yeah, way too much money. Um, and you know, I waited for this. I really had this vision when I was kind of searching on this coaching program I wanted that I wanted very specific kind of modalities and it took a long time to find. And then I yeah. finally found it and it was great. It was, it was so funny too, because I was like, okay, I want to manifest, you know, $4,000 this year and guess how much the coaching program was. $4,000. So it's all like aligned. It's all perfect in alignment. Yeah. Yeah. Do your research, like make sure, and not just do your research by watching their videos, like, like, figure out who their last clients were, reach out to them, ask them like, Hey, did you, did you coach with Paola? What did you think of her? Like, you know, do you still like her? Would you recommend her? Like really do your research. Cause you are making an investment. Some of these coaches charge $20,000, you right. know, some of these coaches are, you're going to invest a lot of money. You know, I'm not at the $20,000 mark. Um, but yeah, like spend, spend the time to do your research, you know, with everything you want to be aligned with the person that's going to be your coach, your spiritual mentor, your little healing journey advisor. Yeah. Spend time really figuring that out. Well, we will wrap up with that. I hope everybody, there's so much juicy nuggets in this episode. So you can't (laughs) like, you got to pull something away. So, um, if you are listening and you're like, oh my gosh, this was beautiful. I love the message. I always say this and I will continue to say this. Please, please, please take a moment. Take the 60 seconds, screenshot the episode, throw it up on Instagram, tag us because really we're here to 
just have a bigger impact to reach more people. And we can't do that without your support. So if you're not going to do, if you're not going to sign up for anything, if you're not going to like click on our website, you're not going to follow us. That one little step is so much appreciated. So as always have a beautiful day and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'd love to connect with you. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram to be entered in to win a $50 Amazon gift card. Please subscribe to be notified of all new episodes and don't forget to glow like you're meant to. Have a fabulous week.